0: The, uh, when the the cross has done its work, there's a liberation from all human limitations. That'd be a good understanding for us to understand that uh, at this juncture we know we're not fully liberated from the the draw of the earth, the attraction of stuff that's temporary. So, the, the only answer is to die to ourselves. And we haven't heard that much. We've heard it, but uh, the, the soul is so capricious, so fickle, uh, so enamored, and uh, multifaceted interest in everything else that we until we come to the place where God sees we're really all in if you're pulling the chips back, if I'm pulling them back and I have, I've kept my uh, duplicity my double mindedness uh, but know this there's no use coming and wasting your time or mine until there is a solidarity from God, because I've thought, I mean, many times, I, you know, I mean, you travel along the places, you speak, I've had this idea somehow, I'm all in. Boy, I, you know, early on, I've never done this before, I'll tell you. I, you know, I didn't break my arm, pat myself on the back because it wasn't long before God showed me that the soul and its wanderings, and I love you all, so help me, I know I do, I've had to work at it like you've had to work at loving your neighbors or anyone, Uh, but I'm set on that part, and when I'm not, the spirit catches me because I've asked him for it. I mean, it's kind of awful to live in a place where (laughs) those guys down the street, you know, or at the north end of our, uh, boy, that cedar house. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. People are looking at me like, what? No, you know what I mean. We've had to struggle for the kind of love that God wants us to have for one another. Is that not true? Yes, it is Yeah, it sounds like uh, librarians who are hesitant to speak very loud. It's true. It's clear for all of us. And, uh, and it says here, he was talking, he says, those who have been identified with him in his death are raised by him to a life on a supernatural level. We haven't come to that. We haven't come to it. You know? Uh, it's promised. It's ours. And, and it's given to us by that one word that is... Hardly used at all. Somebody shout it out for me if you remember Anybody remember? (laughs) What? The immutability of God It's an immutable fact that the sun will be up tomorrow morning Okay, it's a mutable fact that when you stop breathing you're pronounced dead you know, your heart stops the rest of That's a fact. You know, I had a funny story uh, from Tom, and I'll save it for another time, but um, God's word is immutable. And if there's anything in your spirit that is harassing you, that's problematical, that you see the fickleness, the caprice, of your spirit. I have uh, some things that I'm trying to lodge with God so that he knows I mean business. And, and, you know, we can be such actors at times. But when, when that is clear, he has power. This is a very important line in the scripture. He has power and his power is functioning, it's there. It, we will uh, see that power come to pass. He has the power to do all things, all things, by his power and his love. And, and that being true, that being a true thing, there's nothing that you can't give to him as a son of God, Because where you said, your son's growing. And and because of that, you have an authority to come clean and come to a place where your relationship is at its highest level. The highest level is when you and God are in sync. You know, there there are younger little people here and some of them are older and some even, visitors and people who come, that you you realize you don't have the the pouring the kind of thing back and forth. But you can have that with the maker of all things. Because when he said to Abraham, I am your exceeding great reward, (laughs) that means you are too because you're the of Abraham. The what? What is that seed? Yeah, the seed is given to you because you trust. And so trust is one of the big boys for us. God help us tonight. And as we go before you, great God, this night, uh, touch every heart here, not just a few smatterings. Uh, Those that are the most bereft that feel bankrupt that don't believe in the law of the spirit of life To the degree they need to for me and any place that I think I'm somewhere that I'm not great God Touch us all this night uh, As we lift our hands to praise you let it not be just another habit. We have religious, asinine, silly habits that your angels have to giggle at. Great one. Help us for, our, for your sake and ours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go. from God, I think it's confusing to young people to say, when have you heard from God? Uh, he makes himself known by his presence, by uh, touching you in a mysterious way. And sometimes you get something that appears to be, I mean, it's almost audible, but this is, uh, not talking about an audible, uh, for the most part, it's rare. God does that, although he did do some speaking. Uh, If you you look up uh, 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 speak uh, in the uh, King James, it says, Moses uh, speaketh. Moses, uh, God speaketh, and you get line after line after line where he did that. And tonight, I'm there's so many in here, I know, that God has made an impression on. That you said, I, I felt definitely that God wanted me to do such and such. Turn around and say I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Repent. Uh, there have been things that all of us have had. And, uh, and so we'll open it up for that. And there's a, uh, there's a mic here. There's one over there. And uh, do we have another one anywhere? Could you get that? Uh, We'll have it out here. But uh, we're not looking for a uh, 10-minute homily. We're just a statement or two when you know that God impressed upon you something. Because, as I said earlier, and I'll probably say it one more time at least, There's nothing, there's no greater uh, peace, uh, contribution from God, than when you have asked for something, or you're praying for a person, or for a relationship, and you see uh, something coming back to you, with, it may just be an openness that you've not known before. Uh, It may be, uh, I mean, usually when I'm asking God for something, uh, he's got to really, in order for me to step in when I haven't been able to, I I make sure that uh, he provides that that bump, that uh, contact, so that I'm not out there uh, Presuming on God, because but let's let's understand this. God will have His intention in you completed, and it may be it may be longer than than He intended, but the fast track, the uh, the faster track is 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 you know laying down your life immediately and saying, "Soul, stay under." So let's take that time tonight and, uh, uh, and we'll talk about, ask a few questions about others when they end the word, when I mean, you talk to them. But uh, it's open now for anybody that wants to say something.
1: Serious, Debbie and I, in our relationship, we had to have a serious discussion about my role, how I felt, what my role should be in her life,
2: mm-hmm. and and God just laid
1: her on my heart, and and uh, said she's going to be your daughter, <laughs> and he made my heart that way. I mean, he, he did it. I mean, it
2: was not a choice. I mean, it was a choice what I was gonna do with it, but he laid
1: a love, his love,
2: on my heart miraculously
1: and brought her into my life. And I'm so thankful that I'm in her life. So God can move. And I have many, many stories I can tell, but that's just the one that I think is- We may need
0: you. They didn't rush up there the way. Thanks.
1: really alive to me. Anyway, because I think sometimes in his, uh, that was deep what God shared. This is very mundane and yet I think sometimes with the big things we, we really do consult God. We know like we desperately need God to move and yet sometimes with the small things in life we tend to take the, uh, the attitude like I got this. And I'm, I'm more aware than ever of the danger of anything of that attitude or that mentality, like I got this, like I don't need to consult God. Anyway, long and short, uh, Abel and I have been working on the project, making ready for uh, storage for a bunch of supplies that are coming across this week end. so hopefully they will take us well into the summer before we end up needing to boat a lot of stuff down. But we were going to put it in the shop anyway, I felt I kind of had in the back of my mind the possibility of a connex anyway and thought about we could maybe move this moved this connex has been at the fox yard has this been unruly which is a tall order right now to think about in like the fact that it was frozen in and we got these supplies coming this weekend i'm leaving tomorrow night you know a lot of things you know how those things go you you set in motion and you're not there to finish it and what who did this anyway took us it was amazing we got it unthawed and and, he, and and then to get it unloaded it was loaded full with so much stuff we had justin and Julian make a tremendous effort yesterday I mean it just as a mate, we took two or three loads to the landfill praise the Lord wow. but the point is this I had been praying all along like it like if this isn't really the Lord I, I some of the worst things that's happened to me that I just assumed on the Lord yeah I mean it's in small ways and it's like and, and then it backfires and it's like he cares about the insignificant things, like I, I tell my mom. She watches these sparrows out her kitchen window. They're just a few feet in front of her, I said, "Hey, not one falls from the sky without him, and without apart from God." I said, "He's going to take care of you, mom." So anyway, we were going to move it to the skating rink, and and I walked up to Aaron. Now you know Aaron usually he's quick on him a, a few. Uh, <laughs> An opinion, but he did say something. He said, why, "Why would you take it down there, and leave it at the shop?" And as soon as, at the old shop. But as soon as he said that, it's like, aha! Like that was it. Like sometimes I don't, I don't know what I'm looking for, but I do hope I'm close enough to the Lord that when I hear it, I will know it. And it's like it, it just, it's like all the angst went away. It's like that's it. Anyway, it is in place, so I, I'm really thankful that God does speak in little insignificant ways if we really will have that dialogue and talk to him. Um,
3: I just wanted to get up off from Uncle Richard because the thing that came to mind when Brother Bill this morning said what we were gonna talk about was looking for him in the little areas. Because I do think we all have places, long-standing issues, um, deep things that really matter to us, that some things go on for years. Like I was reminded of the story of the man who suffered for, you know, 38 years. Someone recently was talking about it and before the Lord touched him. And I was thinking though, um, if we're looking, there's literally stuff every single day that's available. Right. And just the, the meaning in that for us to hold on to in the long things. I was thinking um, when Patrick and I, right before we got married, we were we got together with someone who doesn't live here, and at the time they didn't have like a lot of great stuff to say about here, and they were asking like us about here and our relationship with the Lord and all of that, and they were like, I mean, when was the last time you even heard from the Lord? And Patrick was like, this morning. <laughs> and I've always remembered that. Like it was so awesome to me. Like that, that was it was, we didn't know what like was gonna happen, like what our interaction with the person was gonna be like necessarily, but and it, it it ended up being a great conversation. It wasn't like this divisive thing, but he like he just said, Yeah, this morning. And it just like deflated all the tension or anything. And I just thought there's been so many places in my life where I don't know if something's going to work out on schedule or something looks overwhelming with my kids. or We all have our places and areas, but if our heart is, Lord, I need you. Like I need your help in this area. Please open my eyes to see it. He often moves continuously. Yes.
4: I love that what Erica said I was thinking along a similar line I think um, sometimes I've been too religious to hear from God because I've thought he's going to speak it just this way like he's gonna speak through a voice or it's going to be this way and I kind of think more and more that there's never a time that he's not attempting to talk to me <laughs> in some way or other and that I can miss it simply by expecting it to come in a certain way. Um, like this morning in the kitchen, I had a very unexpected conversation with someone that, I mean it wasn't a fight or something, but it started out with us both feeling just slightly offended. And then the, we talked longer and then I went away and it was so clear to me that like God had set that up for me because my view was too narrow. And it wasn't that it was wrong, but it was too myopic. And he wanted to show me, there's more to this than what you've seen. Anyway, my point is, I I think, always trying to communicate to us. Um, The times that came to mind for me when we were told to, you know, come ready with how has God, like, Verified that he's talking to us. Um, I have shared these stories before but it's been a little while and I'll try to not make it a long thing but um, I have felt so blessed and privileged at the way that um, The Lord the Holy Spirit whatever has led so clearly um, In the birthroom. room and we haven't done birth here for quite a few years, but um, when I first started doing um, births here, so it was like 17, 18 years ago. Um, we had some really intense situations come up and um, one of the births I so ingrained in me because of the stupid HIPAA laws that you can't ever say a name but I think it's okay. <laughs> okay, um, One of the earlier births that I did here um, was for Amber, Rebecca, um, and I was pregnant myself with Wesley and sick as a dog and I remember uh, three or four or five nights getting woken up with this nightmare of a baby trying to be born and before the baby could be born there was blood and I was so frustrated by this nightmare that kept reoccurring and I was rebuking the spirit of fear and all this stuff and. One night, I finally got up and got out my textbook and went and sat in the bathroom floor and between throwing up, researched that whole situation. And um, exactly that situation happened at that birth. Exactly. And I had extra anti-hemorrhage drugs. I had talked to, um, it was Jen Austin that did that birth with me because Karen Winger had to go at the last minute with Samuel. And I'd never done a birth with Jen. And I, Jen and I were talking and I was like, if we have a situation with a hemorrhage before the baby's out, let's do this first, and then this, and then this. And she was like, okay. You know. And so when it happened, we just looked at each other and we were on it. And it was a, Rebecca's life was on the line for a few minutes. But because we'd been so prepared, um, She was totally covered, it did not turn into an emergency. And that is because the Lord spoke to us very, very clearly. Another um, time is um, with Brooke's birth with Brady. Um, I wasn't supposed to be at that birth and um, I was very sick with preeclampsia myself. And then I ended up on the boat with Pam. And she said she was going to Brooke's birth and she said to me, why don't you just come in and lay down on the couch? And so I I did. And I was Brooke's friend. And so when she heard I was there, she's like, oh, tell her to come in. So I went and laid down on her couch. And um, we had an emergency. And I happened to be the only person at that time that had had training in it. I needed to be at that birth. Um, and God got me there. And it wasn't because. It wasn't some big audible voice from heaven. But when we are, I think, looking to be guided by him, he's very faithful to guide us and get us where we need to be at the right time. I'm going to say one more that's really fast. Um, something that was, I was thinking about today is I used to really laugh at and mock the whole thing of God will speak to you who you're going to marry, because God will speak to you who you're going to marry, or people saying, well, the Lord spoke to me to marry them. And to me, it's like, you cannot blame your marital issues on God. Get a grip. And whoever you marry, it's on you to figure it out how you're going to make this work. You know. Anyway, truth and not truth, if you know what I mean. Um, Anyway, I had been very vocal in mocking that. And (laughs) Then I went to Fairbanks and Josiah was in Fairbanks. And, like, when have we ever, before or since, sent two youngish single people by themselves in a house? We lived in that house by ourselves for an entire winter. So we drove back and forth to Fairbanks by ourselves. Shh. I know.
0: You <laughs> don't have to tell them everything.
4: If, <laughs> if that had it happened, we absolutely never would have gotten together. I remember people teasing us, and I was just like, laugh, Like, I was like, oh, I would never get with him. He was five years younger than me. I, he was one of the guys that I'd had to chase down at Rika's when I was managing and be like, roll your sleeves down. We don't have to see your muscles and come back and do the dishes. You know, thing. <laughs> anyway, I fell madly in love with Josiah um, that winter, watching him take care of the Greenleaf twins. And I was like, any guy that can carry around two babies at the same time and change diapers like that, I was like, that's a really cool guy. Anyway, but he didn't fall in love with me at the same time. He brought me espresso and coffee in the morning. And so I thought he must like me, but he never said anything. Anyway, it got down to the day that he was supposed to come back here um, to the farm. And um, what's wrong
0: He's tucking everything back. <laughs> My oh, husband. Oh, okay.
4: <laughs> anyway, um, if I felt like out of the blue, the Lord said to me, "You need to speak to him." And I was like, "Oh no. Oh no. That's not how I was brought up. If the guy can't do that, that's not the guy I want, not doing that.
5: <laughs> anyway,
4: I get to work. Well, I said to God, if that's really you, then I need some really clear confirmation here. Because I that is not the kind of girl I am. I'm not gonna go talk to a guy about. Yeah. Anyway, I walked in the door and Dana said to me, I've been thinking about something. She said, Josiah shows up here at one in the morning to help you clean up blood and feces after a birth. She's like, that guy likes you, and he's afraid to tell you so. You need to tell him.
5: And I, I was blown away.
4: And so then I was like, okay, Lord, you're gonna have to set up a time for me to talk to him if you really want me to talk to him, because he was supposed to go home with Fabian back to the farm before I. he had already told me goodbye. And like we were done. And Anyway, so then he called me and said, hey, this is my last day here. What if we went out to lunch together?
5: Uh-huh.
4: Anyway, I I don't recommend playing the Gideon thing in general and saying like, God, you have to do this, this, and that, and the other. It's the only time in my life that I've done it. But um, when God, <laughs> that that's probably the most clear time that I feel like God has spoken to me over and over and over again. Nice. And, um, anyway, I am very thankful for him and for the way that God brought us together.
0: Anyway. Uh, would, do you, would you like some April time? Uh, I, I never heard the part uh, of uh, your, your friend saying, He likes you, he's coming kind here, of, you need to move. That is confirmation. Um, the uh, I, I just wanted to say this uh, <laughs> when I've heard guys say, "Well, God told me to marry her," you know, and and uh, that may be, you know, and I believe you. I don't. I think you've got solid confirmation. But if a guy's complaining and is trying to find an exit and, and blame God. That's dangerous because I don't think he does that. I think ultimately we have, we have to live with the choices, even you know, regardless of it. And you know that, okay?
6: I was thinking similarly to Erica and Joy that um, one of the clearest times the Lord spoke to me was about marrying Timothy, and we we had walked it out for a year and. Went to get visions and I think the first line of our first vision was something like, I see a couple as one man. And I'm like, okay, the elders are gonna be like, who did they pay off to rate? You know what I mean? Like I was younger, like worried, like I don't know if anybody else was worried your visions are gonna come back negative. Like they just held a lot of power, not that they don't anymore. But um it was like, okay, well that's pretty good confirmation. And the rest were good too. But, but thinking about it now, um, it was already a, it was a part of the process that we were already in. And this is similar to what Erica was saying. In, in noticing the little things, when you, when you start out on a journey, um, you want the Lord leading you the whole way. So it wasn't just the vision in itself that spoke clearly. It was obviously. Like, obviously, that wasn't the only reason I married Tim. But it was a very, very clear and very special answer from the Lord. Um, But the other thing that I've thought a lot about and how we hear God is, especially when we um, ask the Lord for something or ask him about something or for an answer, um, do we ask with the confidence that he's actually going to answer us? Because I've found often that there's a part of me that... um, I frequently ask the Lord things and questions and, you know, whether it's pleading with him about something or whatever it is, I do a lot of asking. But often it is not also matched with the confidence and the trust that he is going to speak to me. And that sounds foolish because why would you? Like it says to ask and you will receive. But I think I think that... Um, or I've been thinking about how much trust is a key in hearing from the Lord. Yeah. Because it's like it's like a little key in, or an intentional part that we play that opens up our ears and our heart to hear what He's going to say or do. Um, and not letting whatever you, because we also get ideas, like, God, here I am, I'm asking you this thing, I want to see this thing. And typically, like it just doesn't, play out the way we want or think but but trusting like that element has just been so important to me um, and I've seen that with my mom's situation I haven't seen the answer I want but, but specifically every time we've um, sought out an answer for something in her situation there has been an answer so just to encourage you like when you ask the Lord really throw your trust on him
0: but he does hear we you. Yeah, uh, we've, I think, wisely taken the word faith and and made it. To, we've said trust because it's. Uh, it, I think trust is the the fruit of faith uh, as it grows. But um, without without that, uh, uh, without that you can't please him. If you don't have faith, when you go to him, you're not going to be able to please him. So that that is central. And you you have to believe that he's there and that he's going to reward you. And and it's not a bad thing. You know, you think when when God spoke to Abraham, uh, um, he said, I'm your I'm your on your shield and your exceeding great reward. And the first thing that Abraham did was put out his hand and say, well, you know, what are you gonna give me? I, I don't have a son. And, and so don't be uh, bothered by the fact that you ask God things. The, the, the one thing about it is that you'll really find out how silly and foolish you are at times. He'll, he'll, he'll let you know that um, you were way out of line. You weren't ready for what you asked, perhaps. But, uh, and that's not uh, my thought. That's the, one of the central ideas of the, of the book, The Soul of Prayer. You'll find out how he uses the word uh, stupid. Because when you're dealing with God, uh, you're not going to change his mind on things. Uh, he's set in his ways. Okay, uh, anybody else have a name here? We could have a wine, and we have got chairs. Good, thank you.
7: Well, I, when I heard about the topic for tonight, um, I thought about this right away, but then I'm like, oh, that's so long ago, you know? But with Joy, and then um, Renee talking about how God spoke to them about who they were gonna marry. <laughs> I'll take you back to the dark ages, 47 years ago, please, please. <laughs> and You're not that old. Uh, yeah, 47 years we've been married this year. Um, but just to kind of paint a picture, the, we were at the farm in Mississippi. I had gone there in a relationship, engaged actually to a very needy person that needed deliverance and decided he didn't want it. But I loved the Mississippi farm, so I stayed on. And Abel was this young. Uh, Bushy hair, John Lennon glasses, skinny tight jeans. Every woman, young woman, girl on the farm was like madly in love with him. And I was just one of the girls. We were like, there were about 150 or more of us there and it was a lot of young people. And because there were so many young people, we were encouraged to not like form couples. And anyway, I was just getting out of this relationship. I was not interested in forming another couple, but I did think he was he was pretty neat. And when he would preach, he was so fiery, and I mean, it was just amazing. <laughs> and so I was mildly interested in him, pretty interested in him. But one evening, and so anyway, we were encouraged not to speak to each other and tell one another how we felt because Um, Actually, it's an elder moderately
4: interested.
7: Oh well, (laughs) no, quite interested. But actually, he was in charge of the young men in the men's dorm, and at one point, one of the young men went to him and said that he felt the Lord had spoken that he was to marry me, and Abel told him. I don't think that's the
5: Lord.
7: <laughs> He's going to say this is all apocryphal, but it's the truth. So anyway, th- so we hadn't talked to each other. He paid a little bit of attention to me, but he paid a lot of attention to everybody else, too. So one evening, late at night, I mean, it was like after 10, I was already, you know, in my bed. And Bambi Hinson, who was one of the main elders there, she and Brother John, came and got me out of my bunk bed. And took me to their trailer, and Abel is sitting there with Brother John. And so brother and Abel didn't speak a whole lot of English then, and I spoke zero Spanish. I yeah. And so in the you know, so we I was sort of like, what am I doing here? And Brother John said, Well, Brother Abel has expressed to us that he has a desire to to possibly marry you, to walk out a year with you. And I was just floored, really. I mean, I really had not let it go that far. <laughs>
0: Did you move out of moderation before then? What do you mean? Know? You said you liked to moderate.
7: You know what, Deborah was there. She was there the whole time. She was living at the Mississippi Farm, you know. <laughs> um, I, I don't She's know. She's avoiding the question. <laughs> well, I, don't, I think before this time, I moved in moderation. <laughs> Okay, we'll leave it right there. <laughs> um, so anyway, they were like waiting for an answer for me, and I had no answer, you know. And Bambi told me something very smart. She said, you know, 10 years from now, if you marry him, we're not going to be there to tell you we thought it was a great idea. You have got to know that this is, this is what God wants you to do. And so I said, well, I'm going to need some time. And so literally, I was in the back room of their trailer for two or three days just praying. And literally, I mean, it sounds ridiculous nowadays. (laughs) I mean, now, but. Wait,
0: two or three days,
7: 24 hours a day? I don't remember if it was 24 hours. But anyway, I I was just kind of like concentrating on praying. And I remember she was so concerned about me, she rode into town. She sent somebody into town to get me a milkshake because I wasn't even eating. And in those days, milkshakes were very rare. Anyway, I was a teacher. I think I did go to school and teach and (laughs) do that. And um, we were having a praise service in the school. It was probably about the third day, uh, just having a song time. And we sang the, the hymn Amazing Grace. And that line, it's grace that's brought you safe this far. It's grace that will lead you home. God said, that's all you need to know. You, I will, the grace you've seen in me up to this point, I'm going to extend, and I will provide grace. To me, Abel was like way up here. He was an el- a young elder. I was just one of the girls, you know. I thought, how in the world? I don't know how this is even going to work. But I had that promise. You know, God spoke that to me. So that was sort of like the first, the first step that I could go on and say, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say yes. I'll walk out a year with you, you know. Um, but one other, this, well, one other thing, when I was thinking, there's a couple other funny stories, but I, won't tell you, I don't want to take your time up. But um, when we were going to go, well, okay, when we lived at Bowen's Mill, Abel went on a trip. This was in 80, 83, 82 or 83? 82. Okay, he went on a trip to Mexico to travel and translate and stuff. And while he was there, there was talk about opening a farm in Mexico. Now I'm at Bowens Mill, I have a little baby girl, I work in the office, I teach, I'm very happy, I have a lovely life there. You know, never a thought that I'm gonna go anywhere else ever. And so Abel comes back from this trip um, to Mexico and says, they had discussed then, when he was at this convention, opening a farm in Mexico and they said, (coughs) we need someone Sort of like Abel, someone with experience in community, we need someone like Abel to come and start this farm. Me, I had no clue any of this was going on. So he comes home and he tells me that he's been asked, that we've been asked to go and start this farm in Mexico. And I was just, again, you know, this floor, this was way out of my range. And I, you know, I said, well, I'm going to have to hear from the Lord, too. And he said, he, he said, I believe the Lord wants us to do this. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to have to hear from the Lord, too, because it's just like a huge life change. And I've got a little baby and all this. And so as I prayed, I felt this is another time that I really felt God telling me something. And he said, he showed me Abraham and Sarah. And he said, you know, I spoke to Abraham, but I didn't give Sarah her own word. I, she went along with him. And that's what I'm asking you to do in this case. Mm-hmm. I spoke to Abraham, I gave him the vision, and Sarah, moving in faith, went along with him. So, those were two times, and you know, I can say 47 years down the road, it was God. <laughs> I have a couple other funny stories,
5: if you
0: want. <laughs> Yeah, it, it has to be said, that Abel was uh, somewhat, uh, taking the whole thing in his hands. He didn't like this idea of a year. Uh, how long did you walk it out? Well, he we went to the
5: office in six months.
0: So yeah, I'll bet he did. Wow. <laughs> he probably went in six weeks. But they said we did. We didn't the whole year, we didn't
5: Okay,
8: so um, Kristen actually asked me what the theme was. And I told her it was, like, the display of the love of God or something. <laughs> and William was like, no, that's actually not the theme, and told us what it was. Anyways, um, <laughs> so I had already been thinking this afternoon about something that really tied in with it, I guess. Um, I had just been thinking about how the place I'm in currently is feels like an uncomfortable place, I guess.
5: Sure.
8: And um, I was thinking back to another time in my life when I was in an uncomfortable place, and how clearly I can see the Lord moved in that area now. And um, and it just struck me that I don't need to be like afraid of the place I'm in because obviously the Lord's moving. And um, <laughs> and when I was sitting there thinking about it, I was, like it actually it ties in with the love of God though, because that is His love towards me, I can see that proof of it because of the things he's brought me through to change things in me. And um, he's moving now and it's a good thing and it's his love,
5: anyways.
9: Well, I think hearing that uh, Abel had big. Fluffy you here, and gentlemen in the class of the price of admission, right there. <laughs> but um, the interesting thing about when God speaks to you and has worked for you for someone else is how much you get blessed in the process as well. Um, I had a friend back in grad school who, uh, he and I were the only spiritual Christians in our department. We had a, we had a pretty good relationship, and he was, um, he had been in the Navy and picked up a smoking habit while he was there. And it just really bothered him. And I and, uh, remember he was—we were just, you know, hanging out in and, and my suite, and he uh, and he said, "Jeremy, I know, I know God sometimes speaks to you through visions and everything. If you ever got anything from me, I'm completely open to it." And we decided to pray before we went, and God granted me something right there. It was a Terry wrapped up in smoke, and God's hand pulled him out. Of and I just laughed at it because it was so obvious and I said Terry I think he's got it. I think he's got it. and uh, three weeks later he was delivered and it was uh, it was just for me it was like wow you know God God is able to it's a, it was a blessing for me because you know God said he was going to do something and then he did faithful for me but faithful for both of us but also there was another time when I had I had just seems like a minor question. It was something that I came across in the Bible. I was a new believer, and it was, uh, and I came across something in Amos talking about Jeremiah and the 80s, and I was thinking, "Hold on, these are these are figures out of Greek and Roman mythology. What are they doing in the Bible?" And you know, I was starting to get a little worked up and offended and everything, but then I just stopped and said, "No, got a lot to be there. I'm going the to trust that he's going to show me what this means," and I just kind of let it go. Well I go to a convention in that uh, a few months later, and uh, when Dan Birch meets me over at, uh, at, at Elspian Package, we start looking up at the stars and we say, you know what, God taught Adam what all those men he passed down to his sons and everything. And I, I hadn't much thought of it because I grew up thinking of the Constellation for all you of know, Greek and Roman mythology. But then uh, Harold Gibby, Says Jeremy, we just finished up a series of awesome teachings. I think you would particularly love it. And it'd be a folder, and it'd be a bunch of tapes. They had all these constellations in it. The title was The Gospel of Stars. And when I went through it and everything, i like, Wow, this is amazing. The end result of it was I felt so covered by God that He has everything for me. And, but I just made a simple request, wanted to know some information and to answer further on down the line. Thank yeah, you. The other night, um, or day, or whatever
10: it was. Um, Lewis had told the story about the Tan Acadia and the work he had to do on it and how it was revealed to him what was wrong. And after that, um, Brother Bill just made a quiet comment, but it really hit me and I wrote it down. He says, he said, there's a constancy of things that mean something only to you. And that's, I think, what we're talking about tonight in a, in a way. Um, and I had a few examples, but I'll, I'll I'll just come down to two. One was a very grave and serious circumstance that, um, unlike what Renee was saying <laughs> about how you know if you have faith, it's a key. You know, you'll probably hear from the Lord. Well, oh, I, I had, I think, I had no faith, uh, or at least I was floundering and and um, lost and concerned. And um, and the other example I'll give was. Something totally lighthearted, like, why did God even say that? I mean, how did He even? He's looking right at me right now. You know, was that was that present? Um, But first, I'll back up a minute. One time at Thanksgiving, Bob Porter had shared just that he was thankful that God speaks to us, and I talked to him afterwards because that was so profound to me. I was thinking, yeah, I mean, yeah, we can feel entitled to we're Christians, you know. God's gonna speak to us, or I'm sure he is, or you know, what I don't know what we might think. But he does not have to. He didn't have to talk to me or you. And I just was so taken back like, yeah, you're right, he does speak to us. I am so thankful for that. Just like he does not have to do that. Okay, so um the, both of these examples I'm going to give you, the Lord spoke to me out of a verse I just happened to be reading, literally. It was not, you know, finger pointing to the Bible, but there I was reading and there was my answer. There was the Lord. Um, I don't know if the is here or not, but when she fell and had that terrible accident, I was just beside myself. I could not, Lord, where. Are you? Where were you? Do you know what just happened to her? I mean, I, I was, those were the, the thoughts I, that were coming in my mind, and I just, I did not know how to carry that burden. I did not know. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I'm literally this whole, that whole day I was struggling. And then I read this little verse The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms and boy did that catch me because all it meant to me was he was right there, his arms were right under her and I don't know why to this day, I don't know why that that happened to her but I know that he was there because of that. <clears throat> the other circumstance, I'll share just because my grandchildren are here, Benjamin. <laughs> it's about you. <laughs> when Benjamin was first born, and I went down to, I sought to be with them for a few weeks. And um, we went to a service there at Canby. And it was, he, I don't think he was a week old. He was very tiny, this little guy. And um, I, we're sitting in the church waiting for the service to start. And I'm trying to be Christian, you know, read my Bible. And be ready, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm reading in the Psalms. And... <coughs> And I'm not really very focused because there's a cute little baby sitting right beside me. You know, Abby uh, was holding him. And okay, so here I am. Okay, I got to go back to my Bible. Okay, Psalm 68, and I'm reading along, and it says this: "There is little Benjamin with their ruler, the princes of Judah and their council." I'm thinking to myself, "Is God right there in the room
5: watching me look at little Benjamin?" Yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Put that in your uh, book of coincidences. help yeah. uh, As we uh, close here tonight, and let somebody's uh, yes.
11: I wasn't here this morning to hear what the topic was this evening, but Joy, I want to thank you because, and I hope I can do this with clear eyes and no tears. You opened up a memory for me. And I think it's interesting that you have four women speak about how they were drawn into a relationship that was committed. I think that says something to what the Lord wants in a bride. He wants her to. I, th- I think of uh, Rebecca. Eliezer goes and says, well, you know, there's a man back there that wants to marry you. Well, at least that's what his dad says. And I'm supposed to come get you. That's pretty paraphrased. But anyway, it takes a leap of faith, a leap of trust. Because one of the things I said to Jim, I said, I'm giving my heart to you. Can I trust you with it? And he had the right answer, of course. But anyway, I was sitting at the computer 20 years ago just around this time, and um, the Lord spoke to me, the Spirit just prompted me, He says, you go on in harmony. And I said, absolutely not. I said, I'm not that desperate. I said, I'm not doing that. And, you know, you talk about being religious. I just expected God was going to do all this and arrange it. Well, He spoke to me, go on in harmony, and that was so foreign to me. But I saw his guiding hand through all that. I said, fine, I'll do it for 30 days. I'm not spending any more money on this. This is ridiculous. But I did it. And I did it in faith because I really believed I had heard. And within two weeks, Jim responded. And being a grammar teacher... He's not good at <laughs> sentence structure. He's not good at grammar, and I said, "This is not going to work. Absolutely not." Well, it did, but um, I mean, it was pretty bad. That's very arrogant of me to think like that. But anyhow, I our relationship was mostly on the phone for a few weeks. Um, He was embarrassed that we would talk till 5 o'clock in the morning, and then I'd go to sleep and go back to Wells Fargo for a day of dealing with everybody's money. But anyhow, um, I was praying, and the Lord gave gave me a vision, and I saw my hand slip into Jim's hand, And a a dove landed on that, and I thought, well, that's pretty good. You know the first time Jim took my hand? He did it exactly as I had seen in that vision. And that just took me aback. Anyway, the other thing that the Lord spoke very clearly to me, and we have these experiences where we know exactly how we felt when we heard it, we know exactly what we were doing. I froze when the Lord said to me, are you ready? to experience pain to love. Well, that stopped me in my tracks. Because that's not what you think of when you're thinking, well, romantic love, you know, so to speak. But he said, are you willing to experience pain to love? And I stood there, and I contemplated that. And I knew in my heart it was the time, and I said, yes. I am not knowing what my future held. I said, I do, August 16, 2004, and I'm still saying I do because I didn't know what the pain was. You know, we never do. And then the other thing is when I would talk to Sister Betty during this period of time, she kept referring to Jim as my husband. And I kept thinking to myself when she would say, that it's not my husband, but she always referred to Jim as her husband. And she said to me, go. Go to your husband. Mm-hmm. And I told that to Evelyn the last, And it's an, blessed me when she said it and always has. Because when you're 49 and you're getting married and your father is dead, who's going to walk you down the aisle? Mm-hmm. And Evelyn said to me, Betty just gave you away, David. And that just spoke volumes to my heart. So this is a many-faceted thing of how the Lord arranges. He speaks to our hearts, and he confirms it through the mouths of others. And circumstances. I think circumstances are really great when he arranges our path, and he speaks that way. Anyway, I just I didn't want to belabor the thought of a wife and recording and all that. But Thank you.
0: the, uh, when Solomon was approached by God, uh, and he said, what would you, what can I give you? You know what he said. "Uh, I don't know how to come out or go in. Uh, I would like wisdom. And uh, when God spoke to him after that, the line you see there in the word, Probably have read it, some of you. He said, "Because you didn't ask for wealth or long life, uh, I'm going to give you wisdom, and I'm going to give you riches. And that as a king, you will have more than any king has ever had or ever will have hereafter." And and that <laughs> that was true with Solomon. And. Uh, and I was thinking about it in terms of uh, God speaking. And, and, and the issue with all of us is we're, uh, we have been given so much, you know, it says everything pertaining to life and godliness, and we have. And if we have, and if we believe that, and if our connectivity to God has the finality that, that he's looking for, and that's why it says today, if you hear his voice. If that's true, and I, and I believe it is, God help us to not uh, allow the Holy Spirit to be out of work, you know. As far as your, years ago, I, I don't know, some of you may remember, I said the Holy Spirit in some people's lives is walking around will work, you know. Uh, out of out of pay and, and it, it, it is a terrible thing for us to presume that God's intention isn't to do the very best regardless of the pain or the circumstance that's there and and I thought because I know what you meant through, I have some idea of it because you shared it and it's true uh, and I had to uh, I, I didn't tell Betty to get up, but she says I know the Lord told me that uh, to marry you, and and I I have to tell the truth I have no idea at the time. No, no. Uh, i wanted to close this. Uh, I was I a wonderful, say beautiful lady, and, and I'm going to have her just close in prayer together.
2: No, go, go ahead. I I just wanted to. This- say for the young people, we don't hear his voice, maybe somebody has here, I haven't, but I've gotten ideas that weren't mine, and I've had to ask him, is this my, is this a spirit or is it you, and confirmation, but anyway, when Bill's talking about marriage, he was kind of a wild guy, I know it's hard for you to understand that, in college, but he, not like, not like this guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Not
0: like Dave.
2: He proposed, when he proposed to me. He said, "We're going to have to break up. I'm serious. I want to marry you, and you're not
0: manipulated." So, Nobody
2: I remember saying to the Lord. Tell me what to do. If it's you.
0: That's that's kind of like what she said. I'm very... Uh, opposite, uh, moderately. moderately. Yeah, go on.
2: No. I liked him a lot, but he was so different from anybody I'd ever known. Or will ever know.
5: <laughs>
2: but here's the funny thing. This thought came to my head. He's going to be a great man of God
0: a preacher and I want you to be with him. Oh, I said, what? <laughs> no. I can't imagine him picking little old ladies.
2: That's what I
0: do right every day. <laughs> anyway, I had God didn't speak to me. I just thought she was the most delightful individual I've ever seen and I wanted to move in as quickly as I could His possession for itself. anyway. God help us. Lord, thank you that uh, you have an everlasting love and you stay with us regardless of the condition you find us in and, and we ask you to, to continue to show us the constancy of your care and that your everlasting love is the strength that puts everything in this world under your uh, authority and power and eternal significance. Be with us, Lord, uh, and and let us understand that you you are very intent on our finishing more than we are. But God, give us that unction, give us that drive that we may uh, uh, every day Give ourselves unto you for Jesus' sake. Amen. Good night. Thank you for coming.